0: our study in the book of Acts. So we'll go ahead and turn to Acts chapter seven. <clears throat> Don't you like the song service? I do. There's some new choruses that we're learning and I'm learning. Went through this yesterday with Alice and uh, I still managed to mess it up. So I apologize for that, but I forgot the minor, the key change there. I, get, I, I have several things up here that I'm reading. This is my excuse. <laughs> several things up here I'm reading, OK, got there. And I confused a couple things. But at any rate, I apologize for that. But now we're to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter seven, beginning in verse one, <clears throat> beginning in verse one. It says, "Then the high priest then said the high priest, "Are these things so?" And he said, "Men, brethren and fathers, hearken." The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Charan, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into a land, into the land which I shall show thee. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt there in Charan, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it, give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. And God spake on this wise, that the seeds should sojourn in a strange land, and, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil four hundred years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that, they shall come forth and serve me in this place. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's pray. Folks, I need to meet with God. You need to meet with God. Now's the time. We've set aside to do it. Let's do it. Father, we ask that you would reign in our hearts this morning. We ask that as we listen to the words of your scripture and your Holy Spirit, speaks to our heart that God, we would allow you to have full entrance and full reign in our heart that you might do the work that needs to be done. Father, may we, may we shake out of uh, the mold that we built ourselves into and allow you to do something wonderful. God, I understand and know that it is your desire for your churches all of your local independent churches, dear God, to move forward for you in such a way that we would multiply greatly and that there would be people in the neighborhood and all around the city just saying, something is going on there. God, we desire that. Lord, we do understand and know this, that corporately as a body, we need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. But individually, God, we're responsible to allow you full access. So, God, I pray that each member here today would consider that. God, I ask, do something special this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Interesting. We're in the sixth, we're in the seventh chapter and we talked about several things. I'm not gonna recap everything because at some point in time, I'm gonna probably say to you folks, what happened? Start in chapter one, what happened? What happened in chapter 2? You know, as we go through this study, this is a good opportunity for you to go and give yourself, in your Bible, your own chapter heading where you could say, this happened. And you know what that'll do? That'll help to remind you as you go through those chapters. I know what he's talking about. I know what went on there. And it just helps you to get familiar with the Word of God. But last week we studied about the first ministers. And who were these first ministers last Sunday morning? They were the deacons. Remember, he said, "Choose you out seven men full of the Holy Ghost, seven men, uh, honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business." Why? Because the apostles did not have time to wait on the, uh, the the widows and do all the things. They were giving themselves to prayer and the Word and the duties of going on with what's going on with the church. And then last Sunday evening, we met this man named Stephen. Stephen, my goodness, Stephen. Verse eight says, and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. In verse verse uh, chapter six, chapter six. This was different because it used to be just the apostles that had this power that do these great wonders and these miracles. But Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. And we know that those are sign gifts those were gifts that were given for that first century, basically, when the, when the Word of God was made perfect, when the end of the apostles and all that ended, those went away. But you can see here and you can understand that as a child of God, we should have power of God in our life. It's the same Holy Spirit. Not to do the miracles, but to do mighty work for Him that we can be a witness and testimony. We can spread the gospel. Remember, that's a slow walk, folks. And I'm walking slowly. This is our 29th lesson here. We're going to study about Stephen a little bit this morning, a little bit more, and how that he was a truthful witness and how that his approach as he was dealing with these, these, uh, the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin. Uh, it starts off and it says, then the high, said the high priest, are these things so? So we need to go back Let's go back to verse chapter 6 and verse 10. Chapter 6 and verse 10. Because they say, are these things so? They're talking to Stephen. Verse 10 it says, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Wow. Then they suborned men, uh, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Uh, they hired him in. And they stirred up the people and the elders and scribes and and, and scribes came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, this man ceaseth ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. Uh, You know, the holy place for them was the temple. They worshiped the temple and they were coming back. uh, Things were happening. This was a different religion than what they were accustomed to because now it's a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, and this against this holy place and against the law for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us and all that sat in the council looking steadfastly on him saw his face as if it had been an angel. They're accusing him of all these things and things, saying bad things about him, saying wrong things, incorrect incorrect things about them, And yet, he was so full of the Holy Spirit of God that when they looked at him, his face looked like an angel. I don't know about you, but if it's me, I'm getting upset. (laughs) Somebody's talking bad about me. It's my nature. It's the old man nature. It shouldn't be that way. But most of us would not have done that would not have done that. So let's go back to verse one. It says, then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, men and brethren and fathers hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon and said unto them, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, if you will. Hebrews chapter 11. Because we need to get a little background. Because what he's doing, he's starting to talk to these the Sanhedrin. And he is going to lay it out for them pretty plainly who they were, what they were, and what they're about. I think sometimes we come to church and uh, we're so full of ourselves we cannot be full of God. Um, It's interesting. People that get steeped in religion. Look at doing things a certain way. And I hope I'm being clear here this morning. And yet, when God is looking to do something, those people that maybe are set in the ways they're set in, not willing to move forward with God, will be the, the anchor that'll just drag everybody down. I pray that's not here with McKee Road. Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 13 It tells us, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. You know, as parents, don't we love it when we instruct our children to do something and they do it immediately? We do. We used to tell our children, obedience is doing what you're told to do, when you're told to do it, with the right heart attitude. And there's the key, that last one kind of hangs up. I think a lot of times we get that compliant child, well, I can work within these rules. I can work within these rules. And as adults, we're the same way. I can work within these rules, but in our heart, we don't have the right attitude. That's what God is looking for. When God called Abraham, Abram at that time, he obeyed. And he goes on and says, and he went out not knowing whither he went. You know, that's a walk of faith. That's a walk of faith. We've got some things planned here at McKee Road Baptist Church. You know, we've got, uh, let's see, on the October 31st, it's going to be Roundup Sunday. So if you've got a hat, Danny, you can bring your gun. Just don't, be, don't shoot anybody. Uh, you know, um, we're going to have a potluck. We're going to have one service. We may have a bounce house for the kids out there on the, uh, on the concrete slab behind Delaney Hall. We're going to have a chili cook-off. We're going to have a cake baking contest. Are you any good at making a cake there, Juan Pablo? Maybe, maybe, okay. But anyway, it's gonna be just a good time. Then we got uh, coming up, Thanksgiving, we got some things coming up. December the 5th is our anniversary Sunday. We're looking for that to be a huge day, folks. I'm looking and I'm asking each and every one of you to invite somebody, bring somebody with you. Let's get some of those Members, some of the members that used to come back in here. Those, I'm talking about those that are not attending anywhere. We're going to ask some folks that obviously attend other churches if they would consider coming back for that special day as well. We're going to have Brother Rick Carter to be preaching for us that morning. And uh, Brother Rick Carter was saved in this church probably 60 years ago. He's now a preacher, pastor, and he is a church planter. But we're looking for some things to happen. Um, but I guess guess what I'm saying is, as Abraham went out, he didn't know where he's going. I don't know what the next day is going to bring forth, or next year. But we want to keep moving forward for Christ. I have some definitely definite thoughts in my heart and mind about what we need to do as a church to move forward. Verse 10 says, For he looketh for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Heaven. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength, conceived seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age. He gave, God gave Abram this promise that his seed, and he didn't even have a child. And he left and went. And when he was a hundred years old, he was a father, became a father. You said that's a miracle. Absolutely. His wife was 90. That's a miracle. My goodness. Ladies, any of you volunteered to have a, birth, a childbirth at 90? Wow. Wow. That's something, isn't it? Verse 12, Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore shore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And I think that's where we need to find ourselves this morning, McKee Road Baptist Church. Seeing these things afar off. What God can do. Not just today, not just next week, not just next month, but what God can do afar off. You see, my prayer is, is God does not come back. Then the Key Road Baptist Church will be here another 65 years and another 65 after that until the Lord returns. It should be that way. Amen. But it's up to us to be faithful like Abraham was if we're going to see that happen. They all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And therein again is something we need to understand and know. I'm a stranger here. I say, you're kind of strange, Brother Dot. I know that. I know that. I just have a weird sense of humor. Alice sometimes goes, That's not funny. I think it's hilarious. Sometimes I think something is hilarious. George, you're that way? I think it's hilarious. She doesn't think it's funny. At any rate, that's okay. But we need to be strangers here and pilgrims on the earth. why because my citizenship is in heaven we need to act and know that it's as if we are already there and now we're ambassadors here right back to verse one then said the high priest are these things so and he said men brethren and fathers hearken to the glory God of glory appeared. sorry hearken the God of glory appeared unto the father our father Abraham and when he was in Mesopotamia dwelt Uh, before he dwelt in Charon, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and come into the land, which I shall show thee. You know, Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost, wisdom, he knew how this was going to end, I believe with all my heart. As he's standing there and speaking to these men, the Sanhedrin, he knew in his heart, they're going to kill me. You know, where I might be looking for the weakest one to run over and see if I could outrun them and get away from there, he stood there and straightened them out and laid it out for them. He was not concerned that he was going to become acquitted. He knew the character and determination of the Sanhedrin. Folks, he was a marked man. You know, in many ways, we should be marked people as children of God. People should know us by our Christian marks. Amen. They should know us. What his concern was, he was going to unravel their, the false from the true. And in this, this charge against him, this twofold charge. What was it? Blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And then ceaseth not to speak blasphemy towards this holy place and the law. That's back in the verses we read before. Are these things so? And that's what they're talking about. And he begins his defense with Abraham. For that's where faith began. For the Jews. Uh, you know, I just want to say this. God can reveal himself when and where he wills. I want so badly to see God reveal himself here. McKee Baptist Church. I know that he's here today. But I want to see him move with such power that it's apparent that that is only of God. Abraham was become, <coughs> become a pilgrim and a stranger on earth. <coughs> and the faith required Abraham to move at God's prompting. How many of us would just pick up and go if we felt God's call to do something? How many of us would just pick up and go? I think of missionaries that received a call. I had the privilege of Friday night sitting down with some other pastors at an ordination service and the inquiry. And you had the inquisitor asking questions about the word of God and this young man. And we talked to him and, uh, you know, uh, I saw the the burden that he had for the people. He's looking go to the field of Japan. And I tell you, he's ready to go. Why? Because he's felt the call upon God on his life. Well, you say, I'm not called to be a missionary, but you're called to do something. You're called to do something. It's more than just being a father, a husband. It's more than just filling your job. God has called every one of us to do something. Folks, there's going to be a day that we pass from this life into heaven. And when we do, we will be glad. That we have been about his business, seeking his will. All of us, all of us children, are to be pilgrims and strangers on this earth. Stephen began with the God's revelation to Abraham. It was a manifestation, a revealing so convincing to Abraham, God said, Go. He pulled up stakes. This was a successful businessman. Man, I I don't know about that. If you're successful in what you're doing and now God speaks to your heart and says, go do this. Whoa. But that comes from knowing your God real well. See, God knows you real well. How well do you know your God? That you would have the boldness to do that. He pulled up stakes and left at once to follow where God would lead. Now let's look at the response that was made by Abraham. Verses 4 and Well, he says, then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into his land, wherein wherein ye now dwell. And Abraham left Ur and settled in Haran. It was a flourishing city, I'm told, in the upper Euphrates Valley. I mean, that's where you'd want to be. However, settling there was not where God ultimately wanted him to go. His father Terah was with him and he died and then they moved on. He moved on. Verse five says, And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, when as yet he had no child. A successful businessman. You're always thinking of ways to Create income, thinking of ways to make this profitable, and yet God said, Nope, don't buy anything there. Don't have a part of that. What Stephen was doing, he was undermining the notion that the temple was a permanent institution and that they had set that up as a holy place for them. A holy place. You know, there are those that make treks and go back. Uh, To the holy places of their religion. This should be a holy place, right here. Holy place. You know, Jesus Christ, your Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within you. There's a holy place, folks. Don't you dare take that holy, holy Spirit places he doesn't want to go. He talked about his future. Verse 6, and God spake on this wise, that his seeds should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. You think you've got it bad? You know, we look at what's going on in our country and around the world. The world as we know it two years ago, knew it two years ago, totally different. Will it ever get back to what we call normal? I don't know. I don't know, there are some that say absolutely not. And they might be right. 400 years. 400 years. Not only was Abraham to not have a permanent uh, holding in the Promised Land, but his descendants would actually leave the land altogether. They'd settle in Egypt. And that's where they ran afoul with the powers that be. We seem to be running afoul with the powers of be. Those that are trying to control us and tell us we can't do this, I'm not trying to be political, but folks, as an American, I have God-given rights. I have God-given rights. And for someone to tell me that we cannot come and join together when God Almighty said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth, and we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is. And then it says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? I do. It's coming. It's coming. You know, just because you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, doesn't mean that life's going to be just fine. Everything's going to be what we used to call hunky-dory fine. Anybody ever use that term, hunky-dory? Okay. (laughs) Hunky-dory fine. All this must have been a tremendous test to Abraham's faith. Must have been. Put yourself in that position. I mean, could I even see myself doing that? Wow. I don't know. Certainly you would think that I'll do whatever God wants. I, I kind of have a little bit of that when, when uh, it was Brother Chad called, he said, Brother Don, would you consider Kennedy? I said, well, immediate thought was God, whatever you want. That's what I do, you know, but would we do this test of his faith? The high priest and and his party the Sanhedrin could hardly escape the drift of, of, of Stephen's argument. He was laying a foundation. In essence, he did not blaspheme against Moses. He did not blaspheme against God. He did not blaspheme against the temple or the law. Abraham's faith rested on the bare word of God, rested in the omnipotence, which is all-powerful, and in the omniscience of the all-night, all-knowing God, the one who made the promise. Look at verse seven and it says, "And the nation and the nation to whom they shall be in bondage, Will I judge, said God, and after that, shall they come forth and serve me in this place. You know, when somebody gets you, what's their natural tendency? I'm going to get them back. What do we, uh, what's the, thing? We're, we're, we're sarcastic. Our family, we have a lot of sarcasm. We love to joke and kid and cut one another in a loving way. <laughs> we do it in a loving way. But if somebody gets you good, you want to get them back. Like my friend, he said, Thomas, one of my thoughts, would burst your head wide open. <laughs> How do you come back for something like that? Oh, okay, Jerry. <laughs> okay. But we want to get them back. We, got, we want to get them back. You know, these people, they went through the plagues. And God said, let my people go. Plague. Let my people go. Plague. Let my. And finally, they were let go. God's able to safeguard his own promises. That's what I say. He said, Get thee in the land, I will bless thee. And that's what he did. A lot of the people that went out by faith did not see the end of it. That's what we read. Did not see the end of it. But you know what they did? They just continued to walk until they walked themselves into heaven. Why? Because they had faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Not the faith for salvation, but the faith that he was going to do what he was going to do. See, time and distance makes no difference to him. Praise God. Praise God. You say, well, we're just a little church. We're just a few people. What can we do? We can do what we can do. And one of the best things we can do, the best thing we can do, Let's get the sin out of our life and make sure that we're allowing that Holy Spirit full reign in our life. Why? Because we want to all be in unity. If everybody is walking in the Spirit of God and not the, so that we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, guess what? We'll be in unity. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is unity. He's is unity. Turn with me to... Uh, book of Zephaniah so if you need to go and find it in your index go ahead and do that I'll say a couple of things while you're looking there they were living in this anti-Semitic world this Pharaoh hated their God he had the army they didn't have an army but you know what that didn't impress God God's not impressed by the things going on around us why he's in control God is in control Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 it was interesting I found this verse this morning sent it to a preacher friend of mine listen to this this is our God The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will say, he will rejoice over thee with joy. I look at that and I think that he's just going to cover me with joy. How can I walk around and have a sour look on my face if he's covering me with joy? Child of God, we need to be different. I don't see how that person is smiling with all the troubles and problems that got going on in their life. Why? Because God has overflowed me with joy. He said He will rest in His love and He will joy over thee with singing. That's why when we come here on Sunday mornings we ought to be singing from the bottom of our feet, the soles of our feet. I don't have that good a voice. That's not what the requirement was. He's talking about singing. Why? Because there's something going on in your heart and life. There's something. You just can't hold it back. It has to come out. I don't know. I I would love to be singing sometime and hear somebody over singing me. Now I've got the mic. But I would love it. It could happen. Let's have it happen. We have a great God a great God and he gave him the covenant of circumcision this was a circumcision of the Jews and then in verse the second part of that verse says and so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcision and circumcised him the eighth day and Isaac begat Jacob and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs there was no temple there was no law anymore not in God's eyes there was no temple and there's no, 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 what? There was Jesus Christ, the son of God, the son of God. I'm just gonna ask a couple questions here and we'll be done. So what of us, Mickey wrote, <clears throat> have we set down roots so permanent in Bakersfield to the point that we are not practicing being a pilgrim and a stranger here? It happens, it happens. We get going, we establish a family, we get, uh, we graduate from college. Uh, We uh, are setting out, I've got plans. And somehow we forget that I'm a, a pilgrim and I'm a stranger here. What am I saying? I'm talking about being a witness and a testimony. Why? Because my citizenship is in heaven and I want to bring people with me. There ought to be a convoy There will be a convoy of people coming up to heaven after you. Yeah, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for telling me about Jesus. As a member, as an individual member, are you walking by faith? You don't have to wait for the church to set out a program for you to do so that you can serve God. Serve God where you're at. What's God given to you to do? Let's come and talk about it. We'll get it organized and you can do We'll help you out all that we can. But are you walking by faith? When you come in here, do you expect to see an all-powerful God do things that only He can do? I do. I do. Why? I've seen Him do it. They crossed over and they said, What mean you by these stones? They were there for a memorial, they said, let me tell you what God did for us. And we as older Christians, we can say that to our other members and the younger members, but we need the younger members to see it for themselves. As a a young man in my 30s, I had an epiphany, (laughs) if you will, being silly, Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. You want to see me work in your life? And I said, yes. And it was like he said, so do I. What did it take? It took something different. It took something different. So I think, folks, we need to take a look at our lives. We need to consider what's going on, what we're doing, all this. You need to be busy about doing all the things you need to do, you know, making, working, making money, Uh, paying your bills, all those sorts of things. But don't forget that you're a pilgrim and you're a stranger here. And let's be about God's business. You want to see McKee Road Church grow for God? So do I. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. It's time for, to answer the question, so what? So what were you saying to me, dear God? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Do you want to go home, folks, and be the same and nothing changes? And then you get up the next day and you're another day older. And you're one day closer to heaven, but one day less in your ability to serve God here. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Father, I pray that you'd have your will and way as we take just a few moments to reflect Upon what your Holy Spirit and your word has spoken to us today. God, I ask you to move in hearts and lives. God, do something that only you can do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please stand together with heads bowed and eyes closed.